0: people and welcome to another episode. Um, I'm Richard, uh, along here with my co-host Ken. Today we got a good one um, out in theaters now. An amazing sequel, follow-up to a great movie from a little bit ago.
1: We are we're
0: super excited.
1: Deadpool two just saw it, or at least imagined that we just saw it.
0: <laughs> Basically, just saw it. Yes. Um, Fantastic. And we'd like to offer up a spoiler-rich review of this movie. So if you have not seen it yet and intend to see it, maybe listen to this after you have uh, watched it to kind of follow up with some of the notes that we may have for the movie.
1: Yeah, we will certainly, certainly be laden with a lot of information that you may not wish to know. Although, in our current day and age, I don't know how it's even possible to get to the movie when it comes out without having all sorts of information just completely.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really hard. you got to avoid things. One of my favorite things to do is kill time watching YouTube videos. And you can learn a lot that you don't want to learn just by reading the titles of the YouTube videos same thing with uh, IMDB like to just go and read news about movies and stuff and all I got to do is see a title for an article and things are ruined tough to do
1: yeah I wanted to gouge my eyes eyes out almost uh, on a on a daily basis on the week leading up to it all those insanely lucky individuals that got to see it before it was released in the theaters and uh, seeing reviews for it already out and I just I was I was secretly very, very, very um, angry.
0: Yeah, I've only I read enough to know that I was expecting one character to be in it that I knew was probably going to be in it, and then saw a headline like the two days before, him, like that confirmed that that character is, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. I haven't ruined it for me, I haven't spoiled it for me, but just something I didn't want to know. I'm
1: I'm definitely going media blackout going forward. Any movie I want to see, I don't want to know a thing. But we're going to take the standard tack that we've been taking with several of our movie reviews that you have not actually heard yet because we plan to air this one out of order and put it ahead of all the other ones.
0: Absolutely. This is episode 20, maybe, let's call it. Who knows? We're probably going to make it three. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, date-wise time that we've recorded it wise we're well into our recordings when we're going to have this one posted uh but ken's here with a little information on how we've been doing our little grading scale let's call it for the movies
1: absolutely we're trying to keep this as simple as possible and hearken back to the days when you were in high school and if you're still in high school harken back to last week when you were still in high school uh grading on a hundred point scale trying to be Semi-scientific in the same way that, uh, I don't know, uh, imagine your favorite fake scientists are scientific, but dividing it into just a handful of categories. We're going to divide it into cast, can, which can have up to 20 points uh, assigned to a Director, which will have up to 20 points. Costume and props, which can have up to 10 points. Location can has, uh, have up to 10 points. Uh, cinematography can have up to 20 points. Plot and writing for up to 20 points, adding up to a total of 100 points. And then the potential for bonus if we just feel that there's something that didn't quite fit into those categories or that we just want to give extra props to, to the movie in general.
0: Yeah, I kind of like to throw in a little bit too, when I look at movies a lot of times like to figure out is this movie one okay like should you pay money to watch this in the theater um should you pay money to buy and own this movie should you pay money to rent this movie or should you just you know hang out and wait for this to show up on netflix or maybe if you have hbo showtime already just wait for it to pop up on one of those movie channels and watch it when it's already in rotation on there
1: I'm always firmly a believer of definitely supporting the uh, the movie industry and in any way that uh, is possible because it brings us so much joy and sometimes uh, more than that and it's just a it's a it's a great way to to make sure that we keep getting our, our high quality content as they always say your dollars determine exactly what the industry is going to produce and it tells them what works and what doesn't
0: so yeah. flirtations on Wonderful movies, not quite heading to the movie theater, heading straight home so that you could see them slash go to the movie theater. You know, there's some things that are potentially going to be ruining the movie theater, but I don't think that's ever going to go away.
1: I certainly hope not. I definitely prefer sitting in the movie theater with a large group of individuals, hearing their reaction, listening to them snore on occasion I guess no not really but uh, definitely I love I love being in the in the theater and just kind of having that kind of group experience you just can't get that at home
0: that's true or if you just like to be in there and not have to listen to anybody else or see anything <laughs> else other than what you're watching that's kind of my ball game thing daddy, too Daddy daddy <laughs> or the occasional cough sneeze, that is not occasional or the crunching of the popcorn or mm-hmm. that's part of the ambiance. I guess you could call it. I, I don't mind it. I, I zoned that out. It, it becomes a,
1: a Zen experience as far as anything like that could ever be compared to that. But let's, uh, let's start with, uh, let's start with the basics. Okay. Let's go with the cast, right? So we've got Josh Brolin as cable, We've got uh, Marina Baccarin returning as uh, Vanessa. We've got uh, Zazie Beats, which by far is my favorite name in the entire cast, as a domino. Uh, Ryan Reynolds returning, obviously, as Deadpool. Brianna Hildebrand returning as Negasonic. We've got uh, Julian Dennison playing a, a key role as Russell. Uh, TJ. Miller returning as weasel. Um, you know just a, you know, a lot of what you would expect. We get Yukio in here, which is interesting. Uh, Shioli Kutsuna, Kutsuna. I hope I got that right. Um, so you know those are, those are a lot of the, the major the major characters for the most part. Um, and obviously a lot of stars that were just kind of sprinkled in. We were talking about that earlier, right, Richard? Absolutely. There are
0: a couple key faces that you may or may not see, may or may not recognize, kind of hidden in the uh, little bits and pieces, one scene in these movies, and pleasant surprises. One, One, I think, is kind of obvious the other two eh, maybe not so much
1: definitely definitely it's a a blink and you miss it almost as if almost as if you were maybe cutting together film and inserting bits of film that weren't supposed to be in there and in, in preparation for going to the fight club
0: <laughs> yes the uh, that's a good scene i like that scene <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we are talking about uh, one of the little, we, we know all the faces, we know all the casting in it, but one of the behind the scenes, if you've watched this movie, I'm sure you recognized uh, one of the members of X-Force was a cameo, it uh, was Vanisher, and it was Brad Pitt. And if you didn't recognize that as Brad Pitt, then you. It's forgivable. It's it was forgivable. Quick. It was real quick. It was real quick. It was a post-production ad. Vanisher was never supposed to have a face. They decided in spring, and uh, I guess technically it's still spring, but it, this was a real quick add-in to the movie. So, any no. bonus points that you can get like that, like, that, that that might be discussion for the end, right? Bonus points? But yeah. that's a pretty solid little cast oh, yeah. ad in the end.
1: Uh, you know, I, I love Brad Pitt in anything. This may be one of his best acting performances. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> one of his shortest acting performances. Classy. <laughs> but, of course, we also had two other individuals that most people just would not recognize. I, I know, when I watched it, I... I sort of recognized one and just completely missed the other, and I think Richard was saying he was kind of the other way around. Basically, recognized the other and missed the first.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But there is a scene where uh, Deadpool is coming into uh, coming into the present day. And, cable is. Cable. Or, sorry, sorry, that is right. Sorry, uh, comes in the present day, and there are, are a couple of. Uh, uh, Country individuals uh, discussing the, the rigors of uh, uh, cleanliness and, and bathroom etiquette, I guess. <laughs> yeah,
0: the, uh, the wiping etiquette. Absolutely. Or...
1: Um, so you've got both Matt Damon and um, Alan Tudick uh, in heavy, heavy prosthetics that in, you just. Wouldn't wouldn't have expected a single scene, just silliness.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they're uh, when we were talking about it, I recognize like the, the on the right. And I was like, I recognize that face. I can't place it, but I I recognize it. And then you're just so caught up in the movie, you just keep going. And you kind of yeah. said it was like the opposite for yeah. you. right? For
1: me, it was the voice, uh, uh, Matt Damon's voice. It's like, wait, I know who that is and uh, i didn't recognize his face but the voice caught me and it took me a little while before i just finally go oh i i know exactly who that is and uh it's like that's that's just kind of awesome two marvel movies to appear in in just these tiny tiny roles and not not stealing the show but definitely having an effect on the uh uh, on the viewer just in in small little bits it's kind of wonderful
0: i i'm only hoping that maybe that that will trend will continue and he's just going to show up as some thing in all these movies going forward he'll be the he's new so stan yeah perfect
1: uh i i love that i love terry cruz being in it i just i just love terry cruz he's naturally funny and um Mildly disappointing in the little bit of amount of, uh, screen time. Oh uh, yeah.
0: Just like a commercial's worth. Yeah, Maybe
1: it is exactly a
0: commercial's worth.
1: Um, but still, and same kind of thing for, uh, Bill Skarsgård who, who I love as, uh, as an actor. I mean, he, we were talking about, he's got that major fame now just from being an it, but, uh, I watched him on Hemlock Grove on, uh, Uh, on netflix and i thought he did a fantastic job in in that television show and uh, he's you know he's dotted through some other movies that uh we discuss in some of our other episodes just because he's kind of been around for a while has managed to get some some bits and pieces but playing a ridiculous character that that in a way kind of epitomizes the uh the sort of nineties comic book mentality. Well, he's got to have freakish powers and a cool name,
0: even if the name has nothing to do with his
1: power. <laughs> yeah, nothing. And, uh, okay, fine. It, it kind of, it, it was just, just nice. Uh, and
0: they, they briefly touched on that too.
1: I, and yeah. I, that was one of my favorite bits of the movie. Uh, I, 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 enjoyed that greatly. So all in all, the cast that was brought over was already solid, you know, even regardless of what you think of any of these individuals behind the scenes, like, say, T.J. Miller, who uh, who has had his own issues that he's been dealing with, as far as on the screen, very, very, uh, very much uh, good chemistry with the individuals that are there.
0: Yeah, like, in most of the things that he's in, he's good for the role that he's in i just don't know how many more of those roles going forward that he's going to actually yeah, get
1: may, may be difficult maybe be difficult uh but you know um you know it is what it is you, you've gotta, you gotta watch yourself yeah i guess um so the newbies that they brought in Zazzy beats as domino i wasn't quite sure what i was going to think of of her in the raw, I mean, you know, the smidgens that you see in the commercials and the trailers that are coming up. It's like eh, I don't know, nailed it. She nailed it. Yeah, great. She was she was kind of perfect. Uh, and great,
0: one of the best, probably characters in the entire movie. I would say.
1: Yeah, yeah, easily easily draws draws the attention of the viewer, and you know the the same self aware humor that they're making. How can you really have? That's not a cinematic power. What is luck? It's spectacularly cinematic the way that they they delivered it and uh i it,
0: it I don't even have words. it was so much fun what's wait what's the movie where they escape death a lot of them <laughs> no they where it's um oh gosh, I can't even think of them now. Everybody knows what I'm talking like when you, the very first one was when they were going to get on the plane and the guy had a panic. attack. Oh, a final destination, Vital destination. Yes. So yes. the first one was decent and the other one's just kind of trickled away after that. Yeah. But you had some elements of that in the domino luck thing. Little right. Bit, like bit. instead of the people being unlucky, of course she was the other way lucky. around.
1: Yeah. That, that was excellent. Um, the, uh, the Yukio for the very little bit of screen time that there was. Fun. Again, a really nice swerve in, in the promos they did for the film, making it look like she was going to have a bigger part than she really did. Oh, my word. That was fantastic.
0: Um, yeah, that, that was good. That was just like the, the just a little, every time, hi, Yukio. Just it funny.
1: Uh, the uh, Louis Tan uh, as Shatterstar I thought he looked the part really well. They did great with the costume. Yeah. I wanted to see him do
0: something. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to see him do anything. We didn't even saw him in the costume to begin with. I mean...
1: Yeah, I, 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 I understand. You got to go... If you're going to do the joke that they do, you, you have to not pull any punches. And they didn't. But still, come on.
0: Yeah, like that whole so that whole storyline, the whole... Side storyline that they could do with that, I'd be down. I think it would be fun, it's just hard. I think it's it'd be hard to put that in a, in a movie.
1: Well, and then that's fine, you know. Nobody wants to see Mojo in any sort of a, a CG or no, anything, no. that's disgusting. Um, but uh, I mean, even Job of the Hut would probably look fantastic compared to Mojo,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so. You know, of course, Ryan Reynolds did fantastic. You know, uh, he he is
0: that character. It's not really that much of a stretch, I don't think, for him to get into that headspace. I I felt like he did have a lot more not in costume scenes. It felt like in in this one. So uh, a little bit more ugly face time, I guess you could say.
1: Well, yeah, but maybe it's just me. But it seems like they toned down the uh, the makeup on his, his scarring, his facial scarring. It didn't seem quite as nasty as the first film. I'll have to go back and watch the first one again to see if uh, see if what I'm thinking is all in my head or if it's actually real, but it seems like they, they toned it down just a smidge.
0: A little bit, probably, just because it was easier to do. Mm-hmm. If we're going to have more screen time, just like it could be easier to get into it.
1: And Brolin as Cable, I mean, Brolin's just a really good actor. He can do he, well, he does grim really well. <laughs> I think that's that's his thing. Yeah. No matter what it is, your character is going to be grim. Can you do grim? Absolutely. He had some sort of an interview where he's talking about all his characters having that kind of commonality, and he gets onto the set and furrows his brow, and that's that's his character. And then when he's done with the day, unfurls the brow. I thought that was rather humorous.
0: Yeah, I I do enjoy me some No Country for Old Men, but. That's not a film for everybody. So. No, it's not. And I'm sure we'll talk about that in another part and how the ending is just. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say the ending was good. Nah. Like I just, uh, the movie, he was also uh, W.
1: Oh, that's right. He sure was, wasn't he? I still haven't seen that one.
0: I I haven't seen it either. But they did touch on his. Other movie roles in the movie. I'm sure that's been seen in commercials as well, well but um, the the fact that, you know, he's actually in the biggest movie of the year Easy. at the same time that he's in this one, he's hitting hot spots right now. He's basically owning the summer. It's, it's Brolin. Brolin time. And we also saw a trailer for Sicario 2, which <laughs> he is in, starring in. And if you guys haven't seen the original one, it's actually pretty good and it looks like the second one would be pretty decent too.
1: I'll definitely be looking forward to that one. But so when it comes down to the to the whole cast, I mean, they got a great group of people. I don't think they could have done any better with the people that they pulled in. This is one of those instances where I don't have a good ahead of time, well, if I would cast this film, I would put these people in. I had nothing going into this.
0: Yeah, and and you know, just touching on even the Josh Brolin character again, and doing a little bit of reading, he wasn't necessarily the first choice. Actually, Brad Pitt was the first choice, but scheduling conflicts uh, led to them looking for other people. And there was a whole list of people that were up for doing the cable role, and he... I wouldn't say fell into it, but he kind of came into it because of maybe even because of necessity and it (laughs) turned out pretty good. I think.
1: Yeah. I I think it did too. As much as I like Brad Pitt, I could not see him as cable. I think that would have been a mistake.
0: Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know much about the character. I just know that he's kind of old and scruffy and grumpy and well,
1: and Brad Pitt can definitely do scruffy. And he can do grumpy, but he doesn't look old yet. Uh, that that dude invested in the fountain of youth at some point. That uh, even even when and if he has a wrinkle or two, his wrinkles are youthful. Uh, I don't know how it happens. The dude is just you know going to be blessed with aging well. I think unless he adopts some very uh, very bad habits very soon.
0: Yeah. So yeah cast was pretty much spot on.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I don't know if you could call it perfect, but I'm going to call it perfect casting on this one. I don't think they could have done any better. I'm giving them a 20 on the casting.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Gosh, I don't know too much else of, you're really, even, even the kid, uh, Russell, fire fist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that kid. That kid did great.
1: Yeah, he kind of nailed it too. I mean, the voicing for even the voicing for um, Juggernaut.
0: Yeah, the perfect. Voic- yeah, and then uh, Colossus. It was the first one. He was the same from the first movie too. But you know, good stuff. Yeah, I'll go with twenty. I'll yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pencil in a He's twenty. Fo-
1: following suit. All right. So then we've got to go to director. And this is this is an interesting one. I think so. So the director of this, we were talking a little bit about this before, um, uh, before we started, uh, recording, uh, David, is it Leich or Leech?
0: Hmm. I, before e, except, uh, no, yeah, I don't, I don't. Well, names I'm are weird. So I don't know. I don't know what you well, I'm
1: going to tell, I'm, I'm going to say that Richard told me to say Leach, just because, you know, sounds you Think of Robin Leach, and that makes me giggle just a little bit inside. But uh, we were talking about how his his main thing. I mean, he has some acting credits and a few directing credits, but primarily he's a stuntman guy, right?
0: Mm-hmm. He he. Um, so he's been a body double in a for Brad Pitt a couple of times, and that's kind of why we're touching on. Uh, I wonder how they got Brad Pitt for this cameo, and that was part of it. Uh, he was not the first choice for the director for this movie. They're looking to pull in the same director from the first Deadpool, but that didn't, they had some disagreements from what I understand and that didn't quite play out.
1: Well, it's kind of interesting just seeing the the, the things that he did. I mean, he did stunt work for blade for fight club. He did, uh, um, Stunt coordinating for HBO Boxing, if you ever played that game, uh, which I didn't even know it existed until I saw this list. But hmm. he did some stum- some stunt work for the Buffy the Vampire Slayer television show. Scrubs. He did stunts for Scrubs. This guy. Uh, Got to get that paycheck. Yeah, well, he, Matrix Revolution, uh, Daredevil, X State of the Union.
0: Ooh.
1: <laughs> but he's done. He's done some stunts. Um, however, his directorial credentials are pretty sparse. I mean, he basically, at least on IMDB, he's got seven, two of which are only announced. So, uh, other than Deadpool, I mean, he's got two video shorts. One was for Deadpool that no good deed, uh, the phone, phone booth one, the phone booth one and, uh, a Celine Dion. Video short, which I'm not surprised I missed, as she is not somebody I generally listen to. Um, no, they
0: did a music video.
1: Uh, yeah. And then you've got Atomic Blonde, which I meant to watch and just never got around to. Oh,
0: he directed that one? I yeah. hear, hear good things. It's on HBO right now.
1: Yeah, it's it, that's kind of right up my alley, kind of a, a movie, and I've been intending to watch it. And he's uncredited directing John Wick. Which, I'm not entirely sure what that means. I wonder if that means he directed certain aspects of it.
0: Well, if he's done a lot of stunts, that's mm-hmm. probably a fairly stunt-heavy movie as far as you know, like people going through doors and windows and people dying and stuff like that. So, I wonder if he had a lot to do with that portion of it. Just a guess, I don't know.
1: So how do you think he did in doing what the director is meant to do? Uh, getting the the actors to give the performances that they're supposed to give and making sure that the film flows to, to, to face the story the way that it's supposed to. Uh,
0: I, I mean, when it comes to a story like this and acting like this, the stuff just kind of lays out in front of you a little bit, and I feel like... When you had Ryan Reynolds being a, a strong hand to say in what actually goes on in this movie from a producing standpoint, that you come out, you, honestly, and this is out of know that I don't know, you probably could have got a lot of directors and it would have turned out pretty good too. So, um, but I think he did good because you got to have that good mix of the action stuff, which he's got the background in, and, um, and you got to have the comedy and you got to have like the comic book aspects of it to stay true to an extent to what people, some people are looking for. So he got to have somebody who's willing to mix all those things together. And I think he did just fine.
1: Yeah. I I, I liked how the movie turned out. I would, I, I would say that I'm extraordinarily surprised that he would have been chosen for, for this particular movie just because of how successful the first Deadpool was. The first thing that I would think is, well, no matter who you get, get get a name, if nothing else, that, that will add just that much more draw, and we want to make sure we don't screw this up kind of a thing.
0: Well, if I'm not mistaken, he was one of the writers on the movie, too. Hmm. So th- I think that aspect helped.
1: Maybe it was one of those things that we don't like anybody else that we've been seeing. Somebody needs to step up. Hey, I'll do it. You got a chance to prove himself kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, Well, prove himself like he hadn't already done a couple of movies, but still, I can do it. I've got some experience sort of a thing. I, just, I would uh, I would have loved to have seen those conversations. These are the things, the behind-the-scenes things, that I would love to just see the little bits of how it all plays out, how it, it gels together or, or falls apart, and you're trying to catch the pieces and make it still work or whatever.
0: Yeah, you lose your original director for it, then what do you do? And obviously, this one worked out pretty
1: good. Absolutely. So while I would say that he is definitely not my... My thought as a first choice, just because of newness as a director. Uh, you can't ignore how well he did. You know, wh- however much of that was him compared to the the things going on around him. So uh, again, out of a twenty, I'd probably put him around a seventeen.
0: I like it. Um, let's. Let's stick with the same number. Let's just keep it consistent for now.
1: All right. Now, here's the interesting one, or at least the first interesting one for me. I already knew we were going to pretty much agree on the casting and and the directing because, I mean, it's
0: awesome. Yeah, good stuff.
1: Um, Going to costuming and props. So there's definitely going to be a lot of carryover coming from the first movie in terms of design and theme and feel. I mean, they're not going to reinvent the wheel on the Deadpool costume and the costuming for a standard character um, uh, that uh, Marina played isn't isn't going to be like a huge deal. Yeah. Um, so I didn't see any major change with Negasonic. I mean, there's looked like there's some slight alteration.
0: And they have free reign to do whatever they want to do on that character because there's really no basis on that anyway.
1: Yeah, uh, Colossus
0: was the same.
1: Yeah, he was exactly the same. So really, it's more about um more about um well with one one small thing if you will remember in the movie when Deadpool
0: gets dust all over his outfit the gray the he gray, was gray
1: yep that was definitely a little call that was to a nod the
0: comics to the to what is his X-force yes yep which I love that bit
1: um just the, the, the there's like a hundred fifty different little little nods in the Easter eggs but anyway um so it's more about more about the extras and the, the new characters that they bring in. So what do you what do you think about um, what do you think about Domino? Do you, did you ever read the X Force comics? I seem to remember you said you were more of an X Men based. X
0: Men, yeah. I, I there was a series that they had a big crossover with. Um, it was X Men, X Force, and X Factor. And mm-hmm. they did, like, a crossover for a whole bunch of months in a row. That was really... Was that the Extinction event? Mm, maybe. It might have been. I'm thinking about the time frame. You might have been reading it. Yeah. It was in the, um, gosh, the early 90s, I would have said. So... I that's my exposure to them from an actual physical comic book form. Um, watch the X-Men cartoons, and you get the sprinkle in of some things. You know, like they'll have an episode with Alpha Flight in there. and They'll have an episode with uh, X-Force and, you know, those things like that. So I was familiar with Cable. Um, I always thought that Havoc was an X-Force character, like a traditional X-Force character. But well, he, I think he
1: might be he x started X-Factor, Factor. yeah.
0: So I'm not a lot. I'm not in a lot of uh, information-wise on what X Force really is. Much so, like the
1: Avengers, the the, the teams kind of shuffle people around every so often.
0: Yeah, and, but, and Domino, not a lot of background on at all. So
1: what, so yeah, the big thing for me with Domino is originally in the comics she's very pale, um, like almost a. I seem to remember like a, a, a blue. Colored skin, the thing over the eye is much more prevalent. The hair is straight.
0: Yes, um, I've seen I've seen some of those pictures. You time. know,
1: kind of almost like um, uh, not burgundy, but a, a ruddy kind of red outfit on occasions, almost somewhere in between lycra and leather. Kind of a kind of a look, which would not have translated well to the film. I'm I'm super happy they went the direction they did with the costuming on her having the. At times, very enormous hair. Um, True, yep. I love that uh, playing down, still having the little thing over the eye a little bit, but playing it down some. Um, not trying to do a skin color because, as much as I do love my my almost Star Trek uh, first season green characters like Gamora or anything else that's going on, just having regular skin tones is, is really nice. I think that definitely works in the
0: filming better. Mm-hmm. Um, what, the little little outfits like the Shatterstar outfit. I think was shoot, that was spot on. So Cool. Um, for the once again for the small amount of time, Bedlam. There's I don't think there's any background on that. Vanisher, good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, um, you <laughs> um, know Zeitgeist is just a mask basically. So Peter, cool. Peter. Peter's outfit. I mean, got some khakis. <laughs> you know, little collared shirt, <laughs> ready to rock.
1: The the outfits from the uh, from the the prison scenes and the little bits of stuff that went along with that solid
0: fine I mean, yeah good absolutely background
1: stuff. The only thing I, if I had issues with, I'm not really sure I liked the cable outfit. It seemed unfinished. Well, his, what are you talking about his unitard? <laughs> well, the unitard. Well, I didn't like that for a different reason, but but it's because it was a unitard. I, I just don't like unitards. But when you look at the um, the prosthetics for the half metallic, uh, half man kind of side of it, it didn't. It looked like a Mattel toy, kind of to me. I didn't think it looked very good.
0: Well, they kind of took their liberties on it, and. and- you could see in some of the, the stuff on his neck like that's i think we you saw that a lot when they showed like maybe some shots from behind like the stuff running through his neck and then of course he's standing in a mirror and you kind of see the half half chest arm side it was okay like i i didn't think it was awful by any stretch of the imagination no no it wasn't but. terrible
1: i just it it, 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 it if anything was going to pull me out of the film that that would it just it just when everything else is so finished and polished, and then I see that it's like that doesn't fit. That's not nearly as good as everything else is. Um, it's it's a minor thing. Uh, if it's really quibbling, if nothing
0: else. Yeah, and then the other thing too. I got two other things. So like when the the Colossus character, um, I guess that's more of a CGI thing than what it would be. Um, An outfit or a prop or anything like that. However, I mean, that they kind of go hand in hand because you're designing that as a human, as a person. Yeah. And feel it looked super fake in a couple spots. Yeah. Like the first, like so in the first movie, they just didn't have the money to do it really well. And the second one, they had more money. And I totally get into it. I, I I believe it. I buy into it. But you can see other movies and those characters seem more real than so like the Colossus characters of one thing that I gotta imagine would be pretty hard to really generate a really solid looking character. Yeah. So that that's that is kind of average to me. Yeah. And then the juggernaut. Okay, so like the Juggernaut character, obviously you can't really design you can't have a human with a care with a thing on that to an extent Yeah, um, the whole
1: burlap kind of looking outfit that he would normally wear would wouldn't would definitely not translate all that
0: well yeah and i don't know if his, his helmet and his headpiece was what he had simply because he was in prison but normally he's his head piece is red right mm-hmm. and it's more polished it's like it's, it's like it's one piece the holes are for his eyes like everything's cut out it's symmetrical and this one it seemed like it was fashioned right like it was pounded together and made not like it was a finished product so i'm wondering if that was just maybe their interpretation hey he was in prison he didn't actually have his normal stuff that he would have who knows it was just good to see the character be a big old burly oh
1: you know. yeah he he looked fantastic in there that the, that was some good cgi even even with the assless chaps <laughs> section uh, that uh, that they went with but uh, you know all in all i i, I have to say that the, the costuming and the, and the props are good the gun cables guns very entertaining that that whole arming sequence early in the in the film was was good and uh the do-it-yourself, create your own weapon kind of a thing. That was that was solid.
0: That was pretty good. Yeah. Um,
1: the bear was, I guess, necessary for plot, but was kind of cheesy. Eh, yeah. All right. Um, you know, all, you know, all in all, the stuff that was supposed to be important. Oh, favorite prop: the bags of cocaine. That was great. <laughs> the whole LeBron <laughs> bit yeah. at the end of the scene where he goes back to Kit get what he wants from the apartment fantastic um you know all in all very very solid i think um yeah couldn't couldn't do much more so i'd I'd give them probably nine nine out of ten on that
0: yeah i'll I'll go with a nine as well i I didn't really see any it, it it wasn't perfect but like well no pretty good
1: yeah now we we proceed to talking a little bit about locations. A lot of times, locations don't play as big a role in some movies as others, and I don't really think it does in this too terribly much. I mean, there's a lot of city, a lot of city work. Uh, not. I mean, you obviously have the x mansion briefly. Um, you have um, the uh, the other school that the kid is at. The prison. Um, yeah. The.
0: Essex the Essex, uh, yeah. uh, Essex School for That's Mutant Reform, kind of kind of a nice little nod also. Um, I hope that turns into something.
1: It probably won't. No. Um, but if there is a, a, a weakness, if there is a weakness in this film, eh, probably location would be one of those things that it could be. None of the locations really added to me anything to the scenes. That well, may be the expansion, just because it's still funny.
0: Yeah, the whole expansion scene was inside and outside because they did something. A little bit outside was great; it yeah. was fine. But there weren't really that many locations, right? So there was the the ice box, mm-hmm. which was just a mountain. Well, okay, I get it. So that's. You know it is what it is. Inside the the ice box, that was fine, right? Yeah, the little glass right. prisons like that. That wasn't that bad. Um it was a little odd, but it was okay. And then the so the cityscapes going over the bridge, that type of stuff. I that mean, looked, I mean you know they are solid. what they are. Yeah. And then there was the interior, so like the apartments. Mm-hmm. The the apartment. This apartment looked great. Yep. And the uh, blind owl, her apartment. That no, looked good. It looked fine. So that, that was really it. Inside of the bar, briefly. Briefly. It was just, you know, small bits. Um, the shooting was in Vancouver. So they were, that's where their most of their shooting actually occurred. So when you're seeing a lot of the cityscapes and the bridge, that's Vancouver.
1: Hmm. I mean, it's, uh, again, it's nothing big to complain about because it's not as important in this movie, I don't think. Um, so, I mean, even though I'm not terribly impressed by the locations, it doesn't distract. And I don't think it's even really anything to dwell on because, again, none of it was all that important. Um, so I'm just going to pass this one by quick and give it a, a, a solid seven on the locations.
0: I'll do some eights on this one. I'll, I'll, I'll bump it a little higher. Yeah.
1: Um, but the cinematography, that's where we go the opposite direction. That's where this movie is made or lost. Um, just uh, the combination of the way it's recorded, the angles that they're, they're going to get, when to use slow-mo, when to joke about lo- using slow-mo, uh, you know, that sort of a thing. I think that's a, a super important aspect. Um, how did you think they did with, with the method in which they filmed the, filmed the movie?
0: I think this one told everything how it needed to be told. Uh I don't think I don't think this needed anything. I don't think it needed to be Clint Eastwood. No. But I don't think it needed to be Michael Bay's outlandishness, right? Well, so no doubt. so I, I think it was a good mix of, hey, we'll show some quick here, here, here like fight scenes, like these people aren't necessarily trained fighting people, although they have some skills, for sure. But, you know, the quick cuts to kind of detract a little bit from what what other, otherwise would be some slow or awkward stunt coordination. A little distraction is always good for that. So the fast ones and then the, the, the angles that needed to be wide when they needed to be. Up close when they needed to be, you know. So I, I nothing I think it was nothing fine.
1: that made you go why Why did they nothing uh, Nothing Justice Leaguey. Oh Yo, you're, gosh, you're yeah. Going, what did we need twelve cuts of this car coming up
0: to the Kent Farm for? Um. Yeah. Oh yeah. The sun The sun setting. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Didn't need any of that. Oh yeah.
1: my lord! All right, so I, I'm gonna get. I'm not going to comment anymore because we've already talked about that movie. Um, but um, I liked, I liked the fact that it had an even pacing. I think that's the thing that that stood out to me more than anything else. I mean, there's every every film kind of has its style and and it, and it has a lot of callbacks to the first movie. The way the introduction is put into play where something is happening and then he's going to rewind back before that happens. And then you get back to it. Just that similar kind of, uh, uh, a framing, uh, mechanism. Uh, it's the blood and gore that the CGI work that they do with the exception maybe of what we talked about earlier with, uh, with Colossus and and some of the other things is is super solid on pretty much everything. I mean, I'm sure they had their work cut out for them on the amount of CGI work that they had to do for this film.
0: Plus the occasional, uh, you know, scene of getting hit by a vehicle.
1: Oh, that was that was that was great.
0: There's a, a couple of those in yeah, there. there. Yeah, there's
1: a few of those. The, the 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 emotional hug before stepping in front of the vehicle. That was. Fantastic, it's, and it's one of the reasons I did not take my wife to see <laughs> the movie, or I, sh- I should say, one of the reasons I suggested that we not go see the movie. Um, several things like that would have not played too well with her, I don't think.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna see it again. I'm gonna see it again. I'm so. definitely
1: gonna see it again. Um, but so, I mean, all in all, I, the. There's nothing that is revolutionary in the way they did anything, but all of it's done more than competently. Um, was yeah, there yeah. any one scene that the that the shot just kind of stood out to you as being amazing?
0: No, like, like I said, I, I mentioned before, I did like the ones where they kind of, there's a couple of them where they, this cut to the, uh, oh, Hey, this hit this, which did this and then hit this and then bingo. And, domino was good or like it fell on the dude's head and or you know like those little quick cuts like that that show little snippets of what like those are cool i like those those are nice little interludes let's call them in what otherwise would have been an action-y type sequence
1: yeah i, I probably gotta agree with that while, while the newness of the way they did the intro from the previous movie with all the jokes and the uh and the uh in the credits, the the early credits portion—that's
0: uh, true—wasn't
1: yeah. exactly uh, as fresh because it was in the second. It didn't matter because it's still funny. It just you know wasn't as fresh. So um, cinematography, I'd say it's a solid 18 for me.
0: I mean, I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, um, let's go. Let's go with an 18 on that one. I think it was pretty good.
1: Yeah. All right, so now the interesting—well, maybe not the interesting. Interesting to me part. I love talking about the plot and the writing, and you know, some you can't take this movie too seriously. It—it's not made to be taken seriously, and you can't try and—well, you can try and pick it apart, but why? For the most part, there's only a few things that I had with the plot that just made me go, hold on. Wait a second.
0: Yeah, I, I think the one about this one that kind of diverges a, l- a little bit but not from the first one is it's a, the first one, his his main thing is a redemption, not a redemption, like he's, he's trying to get himself back. Yeah. And this one, it's, oh, you killed my girl. I'm going to get to revenge. Like, then it turns into something. like That part I felt was... Not, I don't know if it was like that on purpose, like where it was. Didn't seem consistent. Didn't seem consistent, like didn't seem like it was a normal part of that movie atmosphere for this type of movie. But it provided a plot line slash motivation, although not a real original type of plot line. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, Yeah, wow. Considering that most of most of the appeal of Deadpool has to do with his endless barrage of pop culture references and fourth wall breaks and inside jokes, and it's it almost has to be derivative for any of that to work. Um, and I, I don't mind that part. My biggest thing that I have issues with are sometimes little bits of logic that. You know, much like uh, talking about things that pull you out of the movie just briefly, where I looked at Cable's chest and I go, oh, "Hold on, that doesn't look quite right." There were a couple instances on things that were happening in the movie where I go, oh, "Hold on, that doesn't make any sense." Okay, so they're in, they're in the prison, right? All of these mutants are in this prison, have the thing on their neck that. Um, basically negates their mutant powers. Yeah, right? So there's that. And in maximum security, you know, we're we're hidden from seeing who's in maximum security for most of the time that it's there and you know, that's where they're holding the Juggernaut. So, okay. They don't really touch on where his power comes from in this one. And I think that they're trying to be intentionally vague about it because making him a mutant in the third X-Men movie was just a dumb idea to begin with, in my opinion, because it takes away part of what makes the character interesting in the first place.
0: Yeah, he he's not a mutant. He's not
1: a mutant. Now, I know that a lot of times directors want to stay away from the whole myst- mystical side of things, but I think, in a way, they, they, they trod the the middle ground line right by making it seem very much that he was not a mutant but not really saying that he wasn't a mutant at the same time however when he is broken out when you know they're in transport and he breaks out he already has his helmet
0: on well i don't know that he's ever had his helmet taken off
1: you mean in the, the comic books? Or
0: you no, 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 no. In, in the movie, in like the movie. in the cell. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. I, I don't know. And that's kind of going back. Like, is that helmet that he has right there just the one that he has because he's in prison? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh, I know like,
1: exactly what you're saying. But then that, to me, that kind of begs the question, how are they keeping him there? So if he's... Done correctly, in my in my mind, keeping his mystical origins, he's not a mutant. That little neck thing isn't going to do anything.
0: He didn't have a neck thing, did he? Uh, I never saw uh, it. I, don't, I he never, I never had that. But like his, depending on what his supposed power level is in the world that this is in, that maximum security thing is just the biggest, thickest, most gigantic steel concrete buried cave that you could possibly put someone in except that he
1: swung a bus keeping you know doing the whole superman thing where he picks it up and it all stays in one piece which i'm not certain that would happen in in real physics but um you know swings i mean swings his bus so he's got you know if not the correct amount of strength that the juggernaut's supposed to have approaching that level of strength when the kid goes in when Russell goes in to give his lunch to the juggernaut, and they're deciding, well, what's my, what's my code? What's our code going to be so that we know what's going on? They uh, shaving a haircut, two bits. He doesn't. I mean, he gets a loud boom that you're hearing when he's hitting the the side of the cell
0: you mean the, the little metal door that's preventing the, right to yeah
1: right so so he's got this tiny metal door nothing on his neck he's obviously not chained up because he's able to get to the food thump around on the wall so what's keeping him there that's, that's my whole thought. And I mean, in the comics, my favorite things that I would see when he was in prison be stuff like, okay, we're not only going to just put him in a maximum security thing, we're going to tie him down, we're going to restrain all of his limbs with these massive things that are supposed to just limit the amount of movement he can have, all the strength, and then we're going to gas him, too. We're going to make sure he's constantly sedated. I mean, is that is that kind of level of, of uh, caution that they give but i don't see any of that it just it seems odd it seems unfinished and that threw me off a little bit
0: well maybe it's because of what you said before with the the mystic side of things it's how do you interpret this particular character Right, like how do you? They they kept some aspect of it similar to the story because if you remember, they're up to the comics. They're walking up to the school, and they're having the conversation, and they're like talking about why he has the helmet on so that his brother won't read his mind. Like they they paid attention to that part of it. They did, which was cool. But um, I, I I guess I just like the fact that at the very least this was more of the juggernaut that people would want to, to see. see yeah definitely. maybe not exactly how they would want to see but more so
1: it is it is definitely closer and it's and it's, it's kind of like uh when we were talking at one point talking you know some time ago when the superman movie came out and you know, the my Best description that I could give for it. it's like, man, this is the best Superman movie they've made yet. Still not good, still not but good. it's still the best one they've made. Um, uh, or that's not fair. It's saying it's not good, it's not to the level that I would have wished it was.
0: And it uh, seemed like everybody in that universe knew who Juggernaut was.
1: Yes. So it wasn't. It wasn't a secret. It just. Again, it just seemed odd. Just, li- just a little odd, and it, yeah. it was enough to throw me off, partially because of my my liking of that character so much. He's liking my top ten comic book
0: characters. Plus, he's driving just in that transport. He's riding in that transport, just how is he secured.
1: How is he secured, and where is he, exactly? That was the other thing I was looking at. I was like, okay, so as you're looking down the sides of this thing, each one of these criminals is in one of those mini plastic cell things that apparently can get ejected off of the side of the truck with just a flip of a switch. And when that's gone, half of the truck is gone. He is four times larger than any of these guys. I didn't see anything on any of those trucks that was big enough to hold him.
0: Nope. So, but you saw it at the end when he punched out of it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's,
1: it's it's a small thing. It's a small thing, but it bothered me. Um, as far as I thought they did a wonderful job with, uh, uh, Wade trying to die just to be able to see, um, see his love sort of thing. I thought that, that was well done the way that they put that together. Well written and kind of, uh, in a way, a little bit of, uh, a nod to his, uh, Occasional attempts to interact with Mistress Death in the comic books—that's that's the brief periods he gets when he almost dies. He's able to to, to see her, sort of a thing, which is kind of funny.
0: The thing Cable uses his last charge on his watch to mm-hmm. go back and save him. Yeah, that was slightly annoying. Based based on how they had it set up, where he was valuing his family so much, at least they kind of tried to touch on it and go back a little bit in that little. If I stay here, I can prevent the future that we live in from actually happening.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I was mostly okay with that point, but so it was completely undercut by the end. Credit sequence. It's true. So it's like, yeah, it only has two charges, super future tech, and uh, once it's gone, it's gone. There's nothing I can do. Yeah, we're going to get two girls with a laptop to fix it. Yeah. Really? Hmm. Funny. It's funny, but it kind of, again, undercuts the the story just a little bit. I mean, it's not like it was super dramatic to begin with, and it's not going to ruin the movie, but it's like, oh, come on. It's just.
0: Just yeah, a little bit of consistency. Ruin the value of what the setup was before.
1: Yeah. It's, that, that, again, it's, it's mildly annoying, but not
0: terribly so. And, and from what I understand, he signed on to do, I want to say, like five movies as Cable. Like, he's got a really? big contract. So, like, they're going to dig deep wow. into this character. So, I'm wondering if they're going to do the whole... Like his daughter thing. They've already established They've that he has a daughter. They've got an origin story. Yep. So like who his parents are and his daughter is important and all these things. This so is like, one of
1: those origin stories too that can be really handy too. I mean because while everybody knows who Superman and Spider-Man are uh, there's still a good chunk of people that have no idea who Cable is. So, I Don't even
0: know his last name.
1: Jones. It's Jones. Cable Jones. Cable Jones. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, and, in all in all, I, I, I think those were my biggest problems with the plot. I mean, for the, for the most part, everything else was good. It was funny. It's not intended to be anything deep, but just kind of a fun, um, a fun romp through ridiculousness. And, uh, Anytime uh, you know they get such a cast like this, it almost writes itself. I mean, for the most part, when they when they get a lot of people that can turn something and turn nothing into something, or, or turn something into something great, uh, it, it's, it's an easy easy.
0: Yeah, well, there's, only, there's only a few things that this actual movie is going to go for, and it accomplished those things just fine.
1: So I mean. While while I did have a couple of small issues with it, I'd say the plot still gets a a solid 16 for me. 16 out of 20.
0: Yeah, I'll buy into the 16 also. Um,
1: Do you want to give any bonus points to the movie?
0: I want to do bonus points simply because of the whole attitude of it. The more to an extent, the more good guys slash bad guys you have in if presented in an appropriate way and delivered in an appropriate way, I think the more of that, the better for me. Because there's only so much of this stuff that can put in, you can put in that makes sense and you can see and can do things. And I like the fact that they don't take it too seriously. I like the fact that they get A-list actors to come in who are like, yeah, I want to do a cameo in this movie. Sure. Yeah. Like like those little bits and pieces of things. And like you said, um, the Juggernaut is one of your favorite characters of all time. Yeah. I don't know if I have a list of five or 10 or 20 or whatever it is, characters of all time, but I do like... Any type of thing that he is represented in, whether it's in an actual comic or whether it's in a cartoon or anything like that. So bonus points simply because of the whole attitude, atmosphere, superhero, villain, cameo. Like Everybody got into this movie. They took what they could do. They took... They took the faces that they could put into this movie and they put them in without making it be ridiculous. And I I do like the fact that they at least mention from a comic book standpoint a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. touched on some relevant snippets of information Shatterstar thing still gets me a bit but I at least like the, the acknowledgement that, that he said yes i'm from this i'm from the mojo world world and that when he got chopped up he exploded in green goo and wasn't blood so like <laughs> okay cool i mean they're acknowledging that part so we'll give a bonus point for those things
1: yeah i i think that's i think that's fair i was um the only the only bonus I was thinking of was just the fact that, it, like you were saying, it has a Juggernaut in it. Like I said, he is he is my favorite character and well, not my favorite character, but one of my favorite characters. And after the just abysmal job they did making him in X-Men three, this is such even if it's something small, it was such a such a wonderful fix. To be able to throw in the movie and the the fight scene that they had was just really, really fun. And uh, so, yeah, I I would give one victory, one victory point, one uh, bonus point uh, for that as well, I think.
0: And there's potential, right, for him to be in future ones because. Oh, I hope so.
1: Yeah, he was coming out of the pool just fine. Yep. Which. That's the best part. You know, All in the comic books, that was always my favorite way that people would beat him. It's like, Spider-Man can't beat Juggernaut? Sure he can if he traps him in cement <laughs> underneath a building. Yeah. yeah. why not? Use use your brain because that, that's the great thing. He's not all that bright. Um, all right. So let's see what we've got here. You have doing our, our wonderful math that uh, I'm going to 5 plus 22. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Let's see. If you can't tell, this is a a late evening, as we record most of our stuff in the late evening.
0: Well, I'll I'll at least mention, too, so I I think we both touched on earlier. uh, We're probably going to go watch this movie again in the movie theater, so what I mentioned at the beginning when it comes to how you're going to spend your money. I think this is definitely worth seeing in the movie theater. I think it's definitely worth owning. I I definitely think if you're not a movie buyer, you don't buy, you don't own movies um, at all, that I would definitely spend the money to rent it. For sure, like if Actually. you're like, I don't go to movie theaters. I don't own movies. I had to rent it. So like for sure, we're gonna see it twice in the movie theater.
1: Definitely. If you don't like, you know, gore and a ton of bad language, then yeah, this is never going to be your movie anyway. But for the vast majority of people that are going to listen to this review, you already know this film or or at least have uh, that kind of mentality. And you're not only going to see it, you're probably going to buy it on Blu-ray or DVD, or whatever it is that is your preferred method of ownership. But yeah, well worth owning. I, I'm definitely going to have a copy of this once it gets there and probably see it in the theaters again too. So the the end results, it looks like that we're only one point different, which isn't terribly surprising on this. Uh, I gave it a final score of 88. He gave it an 89, which puts it in solid B plus territory both ways, which is seems about right to me for, for this film. Uh, B plus for me is a film that you can watch repeatedly and enjoy. And it may not be the, 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 the best, uh, example of, uh, of, uh, something that should be enshrined in, in Hollywood's vaults forever. But man, I'm going to enjoy seeing this repeatedly.
0: Yeah. Good movie. Um, Definitely, this this particular one month stretch for this particular year has a couple of really good movies coming out. Um, then we got another Marvel hit coming soon too. Um, so we've got some we've got some good things, and the the Fox movies, the Fox franchises, they got pushed back to next year. So we're not going to see. I don't believe we're going to see Dark Phoenix this year, and we're not going to see the Oops. New Mutants this year. Um, they were all filmed the same time that Deadpool was. That gives you an indication on what may be going on with those movies. Uh, So so
1: I have have my fanboy wet dreams of please, please let the merger finish and please, please let's get them all together. I'm so hoping at this point.
0: Uh, We'll see.
1: We will definitely see. Well, it's been wonderful talking with uh talking with uh you about this film again richard and hopefully all of you enjoyed uh, being along for the ride and uh, you'll have to definitely let us uh, know if you agree with us disagree with us uh you'll be able to leave comments on our website at least to start
0: yeah maybe even chime in via the book face and the the twitters (laughs) not yet but you know
1: It, it if it if it isn't there already it will be coming shortly absolutely Alright, tell your friends. We'll see you soon.